Uh, my name is Kramer Payne. I'd like to welcome you uh, to Heart Church this morning. First Sunday morning gathering in the life of Heart Church, huh? Come on. Let's go. Jesus, can you believe we get to do this? Uh, we're so grateful. Uh, we've got a crew in the back that will be snagging some more chairs and setting those out for you. So we apologize that we did not already have those set. Uh, we didn't know what Jesus was going to be doing this morning, but we could not be more excited for what he's doing right here and right now. Amen? Uh, we're so grateful. Uh, that you would choose to come and be in community together uh, today. And we could not be more excited uh, for all that Jesus has ahead uh, for these minutes and moments that we get to share together. But we just want you to know uh, that the posture of our heart and our only desire uh, is that you would leave this space this morning knowing the truth that you are the beloved of Jesus and that you are the delight of the God who created you. Uh, that we at Heart Church believe that when God looked at you and created your lips, hips, and fingertips, ooh, he said that you are good uh, and that you are so loved. So that is all that we desire that you would know this morning. Uh, that is all that we feel God looks at you and wants you to desire today. Uh, I don't know your story. I don't know what you came in here with uh, this morning carrying. Uh, I don't know what your favorite food is, what your favorite song is. I don't know what you do for work. Uh, I don't know what you do for fun, but the one thing, that I absolutely know to be true about your story, uh, is that you are so loved by Jesus. Uh, you are so loved by Jesus. Uh, and we're going to spend these next few moments unpacking that deep truth of just how loved you are by God. Uh, we're here this morning uh, not for a system called church. Uh, we're here this morning not for a religion or a program. Uh, we're here this morning to be in community. Uh, to be in community with a God of perfect love and perfect grace. And his name is Jesus. Uh, and we're also here this morning to be in community with a bunch of other imperfect people forming their lives around Jesus. Uh, if you look around real quick, uh, you'll notice right off the bat, whoo, we ain't perfect. Uh, but we're here because we're desiring to be in community. Uh, we're desiring to form our lives around the way of Jesus. And we could not be more excited that you are here this morning. I also want you to know that if this is one of your first times with us, uh, you belong in this space and you belong in this community just as much as anyone else does. Uh, that there are no levels in the life of Heart Church, uh, but that we're all imperfect and that we're all so loved by Jesus. So we just want you to know if this is one of your first times coming to kick it with us on this first ever Sunday morning as a community together, uh, you belong in this space. You belong in this community just as much as anyone else does. Just as much as anyone else does. Uh, we could not be more excited to be starting morning gatherings together on this significant Sunday. Can you believe that we get to do this? Can you believe that we get to watch what the Holy Spirit is bringing forth? I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being such a faithful community. Thank you for being a community that desires just not just to show up but to lean in that desires to be a part of the story that God is writing. And as we head into this exciting and new season of gathering in the mornings and all of this significant work that God has for us ahead, I want to tune our hearts today to the truth that it really is all Jesus. That I don't know what you came in here with believing about God. As I already mentioned, I don't know every detail of your story, but I would love to invite you, invite all of us this morning to check all of our preconceived ideas of Jesus, of church, of people, of pastors, and just check them at the door. Check all of the religious games that this world tries to play and just leave them at the door. And I would love to invite you this morning into the story that Jesus is writing. Into the minutes and moments that the living God might have for you right here and right now. 
A lot of people, as we've started the journey to head to mornings together as a community, have started to ask, what's Heart Church all about? And there seems to be this sneaky, hidden pressure in the local church in today's world. And we're going to check that at the door as well. Of we're just going to follow Jesus faithfully. I believe that there's this tremendous opportunity right now in the history of the church to come back to our roots. To come back to the way of Jesus. To be a beautiful resistance to the world around us and the culture around us that screams for love by way of achievement. And instead, as the people of God, imperfect as we are, come back to our first love. Come back to the truth that this love that Jesus wants to give to us cannot be earned. It can only be received. And that's all Heart Church will ever be about. Jesus. And to tune our hearts to that truth, to tune our hearts to this opportunity to be a beautiful resistance to the world around us so that we can offer love to it. We're going to spend the next few moments together unpacking some scripture and then we're going to respond to that scripture in a time of worship through song. And then at the end of all of that, we have more Krispy Kreme donuts than I can count. Uh, we have the most delicious coffee that you could ever drink. Uh, and then I bought so many Red Bulls for the young people that I love with all of my heart. Uh, so, come on. So, uh, we could not be more excited to celebrate uh, the start of what Jesus is doing in a new thing here on Sunday mornings. But we're going to dive into the scriptures together. So, if you have a Bible with you or a Bible app, you can turn with us to Hebrews chapter 12. Starting in verse 1, uh, we read the Bible at Heart Church because we firmly believe that it is God's word and that it's a unified story that leads to Jesus. And we want to form our lives around Jesus. If you don't have a Bible with you, no worries at all. Uh, maybe you could peek over the person next to you or you can just follow along as I read. But again, we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 1. And then from there, we're going to pivot and we're going to dive into a few different places in the scriptures together. But I love to tune our hearts to this truth that all of our attention as a community will just be fixed upon Jesus. So this is what the scripture says. Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. As we dive into the scriptures together this morning, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you. Uh, we thank you that you look at us and you absolutely love us. Jesus, we thank you that you have invited us to come and be a part of your story. We thank you that when you see us, you see a beloved child who you delight in. I ask that you would give us courage over these next few moments to give all of our attention to you. To give all of our attention to what you might be doing. I pray and ask that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight. That Jesus, you would speak to us here and now. That you would do whatever you want. We love you and all of the beloved said, Amen. Amen. Uh, in our cultural moment, right now in the world, Humanity more than ever, I believe, aches for perfect love. We're looking all over the place in every which way and direction for an answer to the love that we seek. That humanity, all of humanity, myself included, everyone in this room, no matter our story, we ache for perfect love. And you see, perfect love has a name. His name is Jesus. But instead of fixing our eyes 
fixing our attention on Jesus and just being overwhelmed with the truth of how much we are loved by him, we instead, a lot of the times, myself so included, scan all across the horizon of broken humanity and settle for a quick fix. Settle for a momentary situational change. A momentary and fleeting circumstance change. We settle and we think we aren't. We settle and we believe that the substitute love, whatever it is that we are giving our attention to, will heal us, will make us whole, will satisfy, when in reality, in the end, has always just left us empty. We want our life to be full and we want to know perfect love, so we chase it down and we fix our lives and attention of it on our job or our kids or more wealth, or a phone that only fills us with lies, or news outlets that only distract us from the truth that the gospel is still the greatest story ever told that is hardly ever told. You see, we fix our eyes on whatever will get that ache in our gut to go away. We fix our lives and our attention on whatever will get the ache in our heart to dissipate, even if it's just for a moment. All the while, the love of Jesus, oh, if we'll look at it, if we will look at it, it has the power to take all of that ache away. It has the power to give us new life. That's why this passage in Hebrews 12, what we just read, is so powerful. It's so incredible. Listen to verse 1 again. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Notice that it says, since we are surrounded. Since we are surrounded by community. Since we're surrounded by community, meaning this race called life that we're running, it isn't a solo mission. It isn't a solo mission. We need community to remind us of the love of Jesus. Not fake reality of friends. Not spaces filled with a crowd of people. No, real, authentic community sharing life with one another. And it is in that community we will find the endurance needed to run the race that is set before us. The scripture goes on and it says, let us lay aside every weight and sin. What is weighing you down this morning? What's weighing you down? What is the sin that clings so close that it's suffocating the life that you were created to live? Could it be that as you're fixing the attention on your life, on that weight or on that sin, that you are giving all of your eyes to that, hoping to find freedom from the aching, hoping to find love in life, but that weight and that sin is only producing more pain and only is determining more death. Yeah, it might bring momentary change. It might bring momentary change. It might change a circumstance here and there. It might even make you feel good for a moment, but it cannot heal the ache in your soul. It cannot eradicate the sin that is in my heart. It cannot eradicate the war that wages in all of humanity that craves for perfect love. All of it is just wait. When the scripture says, when Jesus says, his yoke and his burden is free and light. It goes on in verse 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Did you know that being a Jesus follower, that following the way of Jesus, living as a beloved of the Most High God, resting in the truth that you are the delight and you bear the image of Almighty God, should have no pressure to it. Should have no performance-based love attached to it. Because this love cannot be earned. It can only be received. Because it's all grace. 
through Jesus that the living God invites all of us, imperfect as we are, into the story. But here's the thing. We will only ever know that deep truth if we fix our eyes on Jesus. That almost every question of this life can be answered when we look at Jesus. That's why this passage declares, if you want to know life, if you want to know life to the full, if you want to endurance to run the race that is set before you, if you want the secret sauce of it all, here it is. Get in community. Throw off everything else and fix all of your attention on Jesus together. And when we do that, when we do that, our hearts burst because we become aware of perfect love. Because you see, it's not perfection that God requires of us. It's attention. And God wants our attention so he can change the posture of our heart. He wants our attention so we could know perfect love, that we could move from the false realities of this world into the kingdom realities that are here and now that Jesus is bringing forth. With our eyes fixed on Jesus, we can become brave enough to be a beautiful resistance to the world around us so that we can love it in the way that Jesus does, so that we could learn to trust the perfect love of Jesus, so that we could learn to live from the perfect love of Jesus. That we would be brave enough to declare that the saving power of Jesus and the truth of the gospel and the real indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the adoption as sons and daughters of the Heavenly Father that He bestows upon us is so good and so true that it cannot just be a simple add-on to my life. No, it must become my whole life. That being a beloved of Jesus would consume us from the inside out. And that can only happen when all of the attention of our life is fixed upon Jesus. That's why this matters. That's why this matters. But here's what we do. First, we commonly are afraid to fix our eyes on Jesus. We're commonly afraid to give our attention to Jesus because we're afraid that we might miss out on something better. Or second, commonly we fear what we might hear back what we might see if we give Jesus all of our attention. That we're afraid that we're going to miss out on something better if we give Jesus our attention. And we're afraid, oh, even if I look at him for a moment, what if he doesn't like what he sees? We're afraid what we might hear back. We're afraid what we might see back. So to banish both of those lies and to invite us into the real perfect love of Jesus I want to point us to some scripture that will help us unpack it. Take a peek at Mark chapter 1 when Jesus is on the scene getting baptized. It says, And when Jesus came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens open, being torn open, and a spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my beloved son. With you I am well pleased. Hold up. What, what had Jesus done before this moment of being baptized? Anything miraculous? Anything awesome, anything worth mentioning, any achievements? No, nothing. Hold on. Where, where's Jesus looking? Where, where are his eyes fixed? Heaven, the living God. And what does he hear? You are my beloved son. With you, I am well 
please. Whoa, 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 wait. You mean to tell me that the heavenly father, as Jesus fixes his eyes upon him, hears that he is love and well-pleasing even though he has done nothing yet to earn it or achieve it? Yeah. Because the love of the one true God is better than the love of this world. Because the love of the one true God casts out all fear of this world. But I know. Maybe you're like, hey, that's Jesus. I mean, he is the son of the living God. Like, how am I supposed to compare my scrawny little body to Jesus? Come on now. Okay, I get it. It is hard for us to compare to Jesus. So maybe you need a real normal example of fixing your attention on Jesus and what happens. Luke 5, in the scriptures, there's a fisherman. His name's Peter. He has an encounter with Jesus. And Petey and the boys, they catch all of these fish, and it's absolutely insane. And the Bible records this. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. But Jesus said to Peter, Do not be afraid. Come and follow me. So there's this big catch of fish. Petey and the boys go wild. But then it's so miraculous that it could only ever be explained by God. And Peter has this revelation that Jesus must be God. So he falls to his knees and he looks up at Jesus. And Peter declares, depart from me. For I am a sinful man. Hold on. Where's Peter looking? Where, 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 is, where are his eyes? Who, who has his attention? Jesus. The living God. What does Peter say? That he is a sinful man. Whoa! In front of Jesus? He says he has sin? Oh! What what, what does he hear back? Come, follow me. Whoa, 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 whoa. You mean to tell me that Peter confesses his sin while fixing his attention on Jesus and he hears back an invitation to come and be a part of the living God's family? Like Jesus wants to be associated with common and ordinary sinners who will confess their sin and declare that he is Lord? Yeah. Because the perfect love of God is better than the love of this world. Because the perfect love of Jesus casts out all fear, even the fear that we think we have to hide our sin. Okay, okay, I hear you. I hear you. That's Peter. He's a disciple, church planter, apostle, written some books of the Bible. Maybe you're like, I need somebody real ordinary that I can compare myself to. So I feel that way too. Acts 7, this man named Stephen, what a name. You can't get more common and ordinary than that, okay? You've probably never even heard of him in the Bible. But the Bible records this, Acts 7, now. When they heard these things, they were enraged at what Stephen said, and they ground their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven, saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And Stephen said, Behold, I see the heavens open, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him to death. Stephen, common, just like you and I. But he could not help but share of the love that he had received in Jesus. He couldn't stop talking about it. He couldn't stop sharing that you and I are worthy of the love of the living God. And people got upset. So the Bible says they drag him out of the city. They start to throw rocks at him. But hold on. Where's he looking? 
Where's Stephen, this ordinary man, looking? Where are his eyes fixed? Who has Stephen's full attention? Jesus, the living God. Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. If Jesus is standing at the right hand of God, he is not sitting impassive. He is present and active and desiring to reveal his love to you. Moments from death, and Stephen's eyes are fixed on Jesus. Whoa, 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 whoa. You mean to tell me that Stephen would rather tell people that they are so loved by God, even if it means he loses his own life? Yeah. Because the love of the one true God isn't like the love of this world. It's better. And it eradicates all fear, even the fear of death. It's perfect. Okay, I hear you. Okay, okay. That's like earth, right? Like maybe like, hey, those are earthly perspectives, Kramer. Like we got to see some, those are just ordinary people. Let me do you one better. This is the throne room of the living God, Revelation 4. This is all of heaven. The scripture records, on the four living creatures, each of them with six, six wings full of eyes all around and within. And day and night, they never cease to say, holy Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The throne room of the living God, surrounded by heavenly beings who the Bible says have eyes all around and within. What do eyes do? They see. And these heavenly beings have all of them, the scripture records, fixed on Jesus. And because of that, all their eyes around and within are fixed upon Jesus. The only thing that they can possibly utter, the only thing with all of their attention focused on Jesus, the only thing that they can say is, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Why? Because of the love of the one true God? It's not like the love of this world. It's better. It's perfect. And it eradicates all fear. Do you see it? It's not perfection that Jesus asks of us. It's attention. It's attention. And he only wants your attention so you would know the truth. That you are so loved by the God who created you. That you are the delight of the God who made you. Your lips, hips, and fingertips. Fixing your eyes on Jesus doesn't just lead you to the good life. No, fixing your eyes on Jesus gives you the proper perspective that he is the only one who will ever offer you life. Maybe you're here this morning asking, why would I give my attention to Jesus? Why would I give my attention? There is so much else going on in my life. Why would I give my attention to Jesus? Because he's the ache in your heart. Because he is the answer that you seek. Because his name is the healing that you need. The pain that you need healed are in his hands. The suffering that you have experienced can be reconciled in the Savior. The grace that is sufficient are in those nail-scarred hands. The life you are created for is found in the author of it. But we must give our attention to him. Because it's not church games. It's not religious systems. No, that's empty. It's a love that's so powerful and so real and so true that it left heaven and came to earth. And it proved its perfection by dying on a cross and rising again for my sin. For my sin. For your sin. 
for our sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because the gospel changes everything, even your story. Because the gospel changes everything because all of it points to Jesus. Everything exists, the scripture says, for Jesus and by Jesus and in Jesus. The Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus. We go outside, we cross that beautiful bridge, we see that beautiful mountain in the water. All of the creation, it points to Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes and further shows us the power of Jesus and leads us in the way of Jesus. The scripture says that God the Father represents himself in Jesus. When you see Jesus, you see the Father, Yahweh, the Lord God. The living God, the one who lives outside of time in space, all of God is expressed in Jesus. So why would we not give him all of our attention when the only thing that the living God wants you to know with your attention fixed on him is that you are so loved, you are so purposed, you are so created and delighted in why wouldn't we get swept up in the story of perfect love? At the very depths of your heart, is there longing? Is there fear? Is there chaos that needs order? Are there wounds that need to be healed? A love that needs to be known? Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. What you will see are the eyes of perfect love. What you will hear is the truth that you are the beloved. Look at Jesus. How? Therefore, since we are surrounded by such an amazing community, let us throw off every weight. Let us get away with every sin that entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. Let us run together all the while fixing all of our attention on Jesus.